Blog Talk Radio. to MyW Sports, Sports Sunday. Here we are, another beautiful Sunday outside, uh, here in the Northeast, I should say. And here we are for another episode of MyW Sports, Sports Sunday. Luis Sanchez, Cal Westcott, Eric Ayala. The trio is here. The crew is back together for another edition of Sports Sunday. My apologies if it gets loud on my end. I am live from Boston College for the BC Vermont game. Kyle, you, you are live, too, from your car. I am. Uh had a little uh, ski racing this morning and, and heading home now. Uh, took a little longer than I thought, and, and uh, the roads in, in the Northeast are not the best. So just sit back and listen <laughs> to this great podcast and uh, enjoy it from your home. And we also have Erica, who's live in Pittsburgh for the NWHL All-Star Game. EA, you with us? I'm here, and I'm in the media room. Uh, in about a half hour, the players will start coming in. Uh, so we'll get a few reflections on uh, how the skills competition went as well as what to expect for tonight, or this afternoon, Absolutely. I should say. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We had a lot of uh, action going on yesterday, and we'll get you caught up with that. We have the CWHL All-Star Game this weekend as well. Uh, as EA alluded to, the NWHL All-Star Game is later this afternoon. Uh, WNBA free agency is, is in a whirlwind. We also have some news from the NWSL, NCAA basketball and hockey, plus much, much more. But let's go right to Kyle for the fun fact of the week. Sure. Fun fact of the week. Just today in the Alpine World Championships at St. Moritz in Switzerland, Lindsey Vaughn took third, making her the oldest female alpine racer to medal in a world championship. So she's uh, not that old, but uh, still going strong and, and excited for the upcoming Olympics. But uh, she, she put another uh, milestone on her, on her record with a, a big uh, third-place finish at the world championships. That's awesome. So, Kyle, I mean, quick question before we go to around the leagues. Is, is this kind of – is this her statement year, getting ready for that 2018 Olympics? Yeah, I mean, I, I think she's just showing that she's still capable. She's still one of the best in the world. And, um, you know, she's battling through some injuries, which have plagued her really of the past couple of years. Um, but, I mean, even, for instance, yesterday she was part of the Combine which takes a slalom run and a downhill run. And she only finished fifth in that. But, but this is the, the heart that, that is uh, in Lindsey Vaughn. She hurt her upper arm earlier in the season, 
and she's still having an issue sometimes gripping the pole. So what she did was she taped the pole to her hand yesterday so that she could do her runs yesterday. Wow, that is doing whatever it takes. That is doing whatever it takes for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and EA, we have some other rumors going around the leagues right now. Um, Fill us in a little bit what's going on with the NWSL. So on the NWSL side of things, it seems as though we we might have another national team player that is set to head to Europe. Uh, There's no official deal, but there is uh, some conversation that Carly Lloyd might be signing with Manchester City. Uh, Of course, for anyone who is... um, On Twitter, you might have noticed that during the holiday, she and her trainer and his family um, went on holiday, is how you would say it, if you were in England. And um, so we're hearing that that there might be a deal in place. Uh, Nothing official yet. And so along with uh, Crystal Dunn, Alex Morgan, and Heather O'Reilly, this would be another main star for the NWSL headed over to Europe, um, as well as um, a national team player headed over to Europe, if indeed the deal gets done. Uh, And also, speaking of uh, women's soccer, uh, we also have Jessica Fishlock was able to get her team through the W League Grand Final again, coming up uh, with a goal in extra time of the first half um, to get Melbourne City a back-to-back title. Wow, that's awesome. And then some other... Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, yeah. I, I mean, another big um, U.S. former national team player is Michelle Beto. She's she's out of Portland and going to Norway. Yeah, I'm not. I haven't heard much about that deal being here in Pittsburgh. I, I also heard that that was a happening. Michelle Beto obviously played with the Portland Thorns. Um, we're just seeing a lot of movement in the league, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything pans out with the new deal that we announced on the last show and um, if the players that, that are coming in um, from places like South Africa and, and, and elsewhere um, are going to be able to, um, to really hold down the fort. Uh, you know, the idea I think here is that we're hearing that some players are moving around, especially from the national team, just to get that exposure and experience to the European game. Um, you know, it's just interesting that usually they've had to go elsewhere to play because there's been no domestic league, and now we see that players are, are choosing to go overseas rather than play in the States. Absolutely, and I, I just want to read this statement because, you know, I, I, as you guys both know, I'm a huge fan of Michelle Beto. She was, you know, probably my favorite play uh, to this date in, in sports was the goalkeeper header to tie the game against FC Kansas City. Um, and, and, you know, I just want to read the statement from, from Michelle. She released it yesterday um, to confirm the news. Even though, I'll, I'll quote here, even though all of you deserve to know everything that happened behind the scenes this off season to lead me to this point, I do not want to distract from the celebrating and thanking you guys for my past three years at this club. The last time I experienced a departure this hard was when I left home for college. Similarly, even though I had heard about the positives of the place I was headed, I was completely devastated to say goodbye to my family and friends I was leaving behind. Uh, no matter where I go or what I do, I will never forget the joy I felt standing side by side with my teammates in front of all of you. Thank you for your support, your encouragement, your patience, your unwavering love. I'm sure most professional athletes have heard cheers from crowds great, excuse me, after, great, after a great play. I don't know how many have had 20,000-plus 20, uh, 20, fans carry them through the hard times, too. 
pra- players will come and go, but this place will always have a special place for you. Uh, you guys have the heart and soul of this club, and it was the greatest honor to play for you. Thank you again. And that's uh, from Michelle Betos leaving Portland Thorns to go play in Norway. So a lot, of, as EA said, a lot of uh, moves happening in the NWSL. Uh, I know a lot of people are upset. EA, before we move on to the hockey, can I get just your thoughts on this? And we could talk about it a little bit later. But is this going to hurt the league in a sense? Or, I mean, given the, you know, the, the recent news with the A&E networks and, and having that, the viability and the visibility, do you think this hurts the league losing these, kind of, these caliber players? I think, you know, these players are obviously very popular, but I think there's a piece of them just doing what's best for them. I think, though, if you read between the lines, what we're seeing in Bezos, her her statement that she will make no statement uh, leaves us to believe that there were things that, you know, maybe she didn't um, that didn't sit well with her or vice versa with the club. Um, so not sure what's going on there. Also, um, Allie Krieger, there's been lots of back and forth on the Twitterverse uh, as far as some reasons why she might have left Washington or Washington parted ways with her. So um, either way, it's it's kind of hard to hear all of all of that happening um, with a league, especially that had such a such a great sponsor. Um, but you know that's that's how it happens. It's the ebbs and flows of any business, and uh, I think it's going to be the onus is going to be on the league to learn from the lessons, hopefully that they, that they're uh, learning from these departures, and to really prioritize players. And I know the national team members were thinking of starting an NWSL union, and I'd be really interested to see if that continues, those discussions continue, because I think some of this you can hopefully handle a little less publicly when you have players that are adequately represented from their perspective, not just from the league's perspective. Absolutely. That's a great point. Kyle, just your thoughts on, on that question as well? Yeah, I just think that this is a really tough time for this to happen with, like you said, with the um, broadcasting deal that was made. Um, but, but you know, players have to do what's best for them. And if the best competition is in other places, then I, I don't – I can't blame them for doing it. And, you know, we've heard time and time again of, of issues with um, either playing conditions or – um, you know, just the way that they're treated. And if they're going to be treated better somewhere else, again, I can't fault the players for doing what's best for them. Absolutely. That's a great point. So um, a lot to get to. We'll keep you updated on all of the NWSL moves and rumors uh, here on MyW Sports. Just uh, follow us at MyW Sports or look online at www.mywsports.com. Uh, let's move to some hockey. There's a lot of great hockey going on this weekend. I'm right here at Boston College to uh, cover the Vermont Boston College game, Vermont, number three in hockey, so a team that people should be watching out for. We'll get to hockey, uh, college hockey in a second, but we have some professional hockey going on this weekend. And, it's, you know, if you're a player, you love this time of year because it's, it's that one moment in the season you get to celebrate with, you know, players that you want to play with, uh, teammates, former teammates, friends. There's just a lot going on. So let's start with the NWHL who had their skills challenge yesterday. EA, you were there for this, uh, uh, I mean, amazing event this was awesome and I'm really upset that I didn't see it last year because watching it this year I'm like wow this is this is cool this should happen all the time um so take us through yesterday there was a lot going on um I think there were five different competitions or four different competitions and this went to a tiebreaker but before we get into that I think also pre pre pre-game there were a lot of storylines so Zoe Hickel spoke to the media and she relayed that she was interested in the trade um you know she 
wanted to be able to um, really grow and develop, and she thought that uh, Connecticut would offer an opportunity to do that. Uh, we also heard from both captains, Amanda Kessel and Kelly Stedman, talking about the amazing host city or area of Pittsburgh. We're technically in Cranberry, PA, but the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins organization doing an excellent job of promoting the game. It was announced as we wrote um, that Kelly Stedman knew that they were on pace to sell out, and the the event did sell out for today, and really great crowd yesterday as well for the skills competition. Um, and then we also heard from uh, Brianne McLaughlin, and she announced that uh, she will – uh, be done as a professional athlete, a professional hockey player in the NWHL after this season. Um, I heard, I wasn't in the room at the time, I was bouncing around, but I heard that she also mentioned that she had thought about, uh, you know, hanging up the gear after last season. But, of course, we all know that Buffalo made a, a strong surge all the way to the Isabel Cup final. And, and I guess she, she had something to say about how it all went down and, and wanted to be a part of, of the Buttes coming back. So, uh, you know, wishing her the best. She will still be around uh, doing her training camps and her private lessons. Um, and if uh, things pan out the way they look like they might, uh, who knows, perhaps if Pittsburgh gets a franchise down the road, not next season, we were told, but maybe the season after, maybe we'll see Bree come back in a different capacity. Um, but that was the news that we got beforehand. And now, so on to the All-Star Game. Yes, there were five events. Um, that included the fastest skater with a sub-event in there for fastest goalie, always a fan favorite. There was the accuracy, the breakaway, um, the uh, shootout challenge, and then hardest shot competition. So we got things started with the fastest skater. And so Kelly Stack was the reigning champion, as well as Brianna McLaughlin, who we just mentioned, reigning champs from the first season, the inaugural All-Star game. However, they would both be dethroned by first-time All-Stars. Rebecca Russo of the New York Riveters, fastest skater, uh, just under 13 seconds, and it was Nicole Stock from the Connecticut Whale who takes the fastest goalie. However, we did see Brittany Ott and Bree McLaughlin uh, revive their rivalry, and uh, Bree got a little <laughs> fancy. She skated across oh. the line backwards, and Brittany Ott couldn't even touch her, literally. Went for the dive and came up with a, a goose egg so that was all good fun no pies to some to the dismay of some but it was still exciting then we moved on to a few other events now kelly stedman reigning champion for the accuracy competition went a perfect four for four however she would go last in this competition and she had to beat the best time that was set just before her turn by Hillary Knight of 14.1 seconds. Well, wouldn't you know it, Kelly Stedman got 14 seconds flat to be reign supreme. I have a, a special media guest in the room here that's putting up the woot woot sign for, for Buffalo there. Uh, then we move on also for Team Stedman. It was Blake Bolden who came in with the 87 miles per hour hardest shot in the league, goes to Blake Bolden. Uh, I always love to tell the story. First time I saw Blake play, I was like, dang, that girl's got a slap shot. And now we know it is in the books. She is the hardest shot in the NWHL. And then we had Gigi Marvin. She was the only player to go a perfect two-for-two two in, the, in the breakaway 
contest, but she also won the fan vote as there was a tie. Uh, so when it's all said and done, it's Team Kessel that goes into today with three points for winning three competitions to Team Steady's two points. Uh, so just like last season, the points will carry over and we'll start 3-2. It will be two periods uh, today of play, 4v4, and I think it's going to be exciting. It's been a great a great crowd. It's been, uh, again, we mentioned that it's a sellout for today, and we're pretty excited because we have uh, the Pittsburgh Passion that are going to be our very special guests uh, at the All-Star Game. Yeah, before I get to Kyle, yeah, I just want to thank you for that. Um, well, first, that great recap, and then second, for, for also putting together this opportunity to, to help promote the Pittsburgh Passion at the NWHL All-Star Game in Pittsburgh. I think that was a great uh, idea, and, and with your help, that was actually able to get done. So I'm really excited to see the coverage today and hear the interviews from the Pittsburgh Passion. Um, so thank you for that. We'll talk about that in a, in a second. But, Kyle, just your thoughts on the Skills Challenge and, and what it meant to be a fan watching this as well as being able to cover it. I, I just think it's a great opportunity um, this whole weekend, starting with the, the clinics that the NWHL players held on uh, Friday for the, the youth of the Pittsburgh area, uh, and then to go into the skills competition and just show, you know, just how great they are. And you look at somebody shooting an 87-mile-per-hour uh, hockey puck, and, and how can anybody say that these these players are not talented and, and are, are uh, changing the game in their own right? And um, you know, even we see like, a, you know, a, a rookie like Russo, um, you know, showing off her skills at a very young age. I, I just think that this is great for the NWHL, and, and I hope that today's game is going to be just as much uh, fun and, and, and uh, show, they get to show off as much talent as they have. Absolutely. And EA, I mean, you, you talked about it. I thought that was probably one of the best parts of this whole competition was McLaughlin you know, after that second turn, it looked like she had Ott beat. So she goes backwards, and, and Ott tries to dive to get to the line. But, you know, even, even backwards, I think McLaughlin's was, was over the line before, before Ott could get there. I, I mean, just talk about the camaraderie and, and just the friendships that, that have developed or are, are, you know, in progress that you're able to see, um, you know, firsthand. Oh, it was exciting. I mean, that is one time where um, Brittany Ott was not, saying not. It was Brienne that was having the no-no. Uh, but Brittany Ott, I think she had a great uh, a great showing against her her, uh, her Boston Pride teammate. She, she poke-checked, uh, <laughs> she poke-checked uh, Decker <laughs> during her breakaway. I don't think Decker liked it so much, but it was all in good fun. But um, Madison Packer really had a nice move on Ott, too. So I think it's just, you know, showing the skill, I think, a little bit different from last season where we saw maybe a little more of the props. I think this was more of the, the pure game, and it was just the athleticism uh, um, of the players. I think they were still having fun with it, but they were showing off their skill level, which I think was really exciting for the crowd. Um, like I said, maybe maybe we would have liked a little more pie, but uh, maybe it's just because we're always hungry up in the press box, or at least <laughs> I am. Um <laughs> but other than that, I thought it was a really great showing. Um, and the players have really enjoyed the reception that they received uh, from the fan base. And this is a fan base that through, whether it's Brianna McLaughlin, whether it's through Kelly Stedman or the connection to the Kessel family overall, um, I, I, I think that um, – 
that we really saw um, a good showing from the crowd. And, and that's what you want to see from one of these events. And so the players that we spoke to, Harrison Brown spoke about it, Blake Bolden spoke about it. Everyone really appreciated um, being able to be with the best of the best, with some of their great fans, friends that they've played with for years, and also, you know, really get to promote and grow the game. That's awesome. And, and you know, I, I, you mentioned Bolden's uh... – 87 mile per hour shot. I, Megan Bozek's 88 still the the fastest in NWHL All Star history. But you know, there's the Mo, uh, the Bozek blast. Are we looking at the Bolden boom? The Bolden boom. That's a good one. I I, I think all I right, think we can right. go for it. I think if you hashtag like it, it out, you might have a beat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll we'll go with that one. I was I was thinking really hard about it. I was thinking really hard about it. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's great. EA, uh, tell us what time you can watch the game tonight, um, and what to look forward to in this All Star matchup. All right, so I believe we're on for three thirty today. Uh, it's on Cross Ice Pass. Um, and so again, we'll see the two teams take, uh, it'll be two periods and I believe it's 15 minutes in between. Um, and, uh, it'll be four V four. So it'll be team castle again, comes in with a three, two lead. Um, and, um, you know, team Stedman, I'm, I'm sure she's looking to, uh, to make a competitive run, uh, to, uh, to repeat her MVP, so I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, you have Team Kessel in the yellow and Team Stebman in the blacks. So when you're watching, um, you know, make sure to, to follow us on social media, MyW Sports. Um, and again, we'll have some intermission fun with the Pittsburgh Passion. So we'll do some Periscope and some videos, some tweeting about that. So, you know, again, we're here to grow the games. And so this is an exciting time where we get to bring two leagues together. And so I'm really excited what Chelsea and the rest of the players that are going to be on hand today have to say about seeing other professional athletes that are in their market. <laughs> Absolutely. And Kyle, I mean, this is a great opportunity. I mean, you know our relationship with the Pittsburgh Passion. Uh, just your thoughts on, on this opportunity to, to have MyW Sports grow the game. Well, I remember talking to Chelsea, and, and one of the questions that we asked her was, you know, how do, how do we get the, the Pittsburgh Passion name out there, and what community events can we, can we kind of promote the, the passion a little bit more? And, and what better way than, than, as EA just said, to put two leagues together like this, and, and allow the fan base of, you know, the hockey fan base of the NWHL to see that in this area there's also a, a football team that you should be uh, checking out in, in this upcoming March, April, and, and early summer. Um, I think it's just a great opportunity to, to, to build that name and uh, build that fan base for the passion. So I think it's awesome. Absolutely. So we look forward to having EA – all over the social media scene uh, this afternoon into this <laughs> evening with the Pittsburgh Passion and the NWHL All-Star Game. Again, you can watch that game yep. on NWHL Cross Ice Pass or, or on YouTube. Um, all right, let's move to the other All-Star Game that happened this weekend, and that was the Canadian Women's Hockey League, the CWHL. They had their Fantasy Frozen Draft, which is pretty cool if you think about it because when we're playing games or, or if you're a video game player and you like sports games, you usually do that Fantasy Draft to see, you know, what kind of great players you can get. Um, but before, before we get to the CWHL All-Star Game, I want to thank EA for her, for her time today. She's going to go run off and do some interviews and, and get, you know, some great content together. So, EA, I want to thank you uh, for joining us for the first couple of minutes here and taking time out. Uh, enjoy tonight, and we'll look forward to all the, the coverage on social media. 
All right. Have fun, and so make sure to thanks, Kyle, and congrats to you again. Uh, also, make sure it's a good show, so I have something to listen to on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish. We'll finish strong. We'll finish strong. No doubt. <laughs> Take care. All righty. Thank you again. All right. So, Kyle, it's you and I now for the CWHL All Star Game. Um, and like I was saying, you know, you have this fantasy draft where you, you know, you get the top vote getters of the all-star will become captains. And this year we had three players. Two of them were in a tie for second place. Carly Campbell was the overall leader in, in votes. But um, you got team Natalie Spooner and Megan Mickelson versus team Carly uh, Campbell. And you're doing a fantasy draft. So just give me your thoughts on being able to pick any player like a Marie-Philippe Poulin or a Carolyn Willette uh, on your team. Well, that's the hardest part. Like, not only do you you want to pick the best players, but you've got to pick the the players that are going to fill in the, all the positions properly as well. So, yeah, I mean, obviously you would want to take Marie Philippe Poulin if you have the opportunity, but then your next pick, you know, how many forwards do you pick before you get to a defenseman, or or how many forwards do you pick before you get to a goaltender? And and it's um, you know it's 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 a funny thing that you have to kind of weigh the the pros and cons of each of those, but. I think it's a great idea. I I really liked, um, you know, getting to see some of the tweets from the players as well. And some, some were upset that um, other players got stolen by, by Spooner or, or on the other end by Campbell. And, and I think that's, that's just great to see that right before the game like that. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was really great. Just the whole atmosphere that was at this fantasy draft, you can feel it. Even just watching it online, you can feel that it was a great place to be. Um, I, you know, I, I got to say this, Sammy Jo Small, I, I, I guarantee she was probably voted class clown a couple of times in her high school career because <laughs> she was just great. I mean, she had me on the edge of my seat throughout the entire event. And, I mean, it's a fantasy draft. So you think, oh, we're getting to the later rounds, like, stop watching. No, I was literally just enticed to watch because of Sammy Jo Small. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's uh, again, you mentioned the camaraderie in the NWHL, but, but it's there in, in both of these leagues, and that's a great thing that these players can have fun as well as, as play, you know, as well as they do. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, Kyle, so let's get right into the action. Team White, Team Campbell, they had a lot of great players, man. I mean, <laughs> when you think about uh, a Jess Jones who's having a great year, a Jill Sonet who's playing on a, on a, ph- a phenomenal team, um, there's a lot of great players in these all-star games. And Team White took a 3-0 lead and never looked back. They ended up winning the game 9-5. to But you see uh, a Kelly Terry score, Breon Jenner, uh, Kohan Shuck, Poulin got a goal in this one. Even a Boston Blade, Megan Greaves, she got a goal in this one. Um, so yeah. it was just a lot, Kyle. <laughs> what, were you, what were you most excited about in this matchup? Well, first, let's just say, I mean, any time that you have the ability to, to get to play a, a game like this at the Air Canada Center and you put 8,000 fans in, in the seats, I mean, this was just a great opportunity Again, like I said with the NWHL, a great opportunity to show that that there is a market for for these two leagues, and and people do enjoy watching it, and it is great hockey. I mean, this this final score of nine to five, this isn't because they were shooting on an empty net. This is these are the best players in the CWHL going head to head, and you know, it, and they had some fun doing it as well. Yes, but but the, there's there is a ton of talent. Um, in the CWHL, and, and like you said, Team White, um, they just had a little bit more um, 
with them, and, and you even look at a player like, like Jamie uh, Rattray, who um, didn't score but, but got on the board in other ways as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, she had two assists for the blue team in that second period. So she was, you know, not maybe not scoring goals, but she was getting on the scoreboard or at least trying to get the blue team on the scoreboard. But, when, I mean, when you have Jess Jones them. score three goals, yeah, and, and then you have Jill Sonnet score three goals, I mean, two players with hat tricks on one team, that's a little tough to overcome, right, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're, you're not usually going to lose too many games when you give up two hat tricks. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the best quotes that that I got to see after this matchup was uh, Carly Campbell. She said, you know, quote, unquote, uh, back when we were growing up, we didn't have the opportunity to see events like the CWHL All-Star Game. So for fans in attendance, especially the little girls, it's just so special. And and that's just so true, Kyle, because, you know, even fans like us, you know, we're, we're, we're huge proponents of women's sports, but we, we haven't seen a lot of events like this. And when we do, we're just in, in, in just as much as an awe and an appreciation um, because these are phenomenal events. Well, and again, think of, of the clinics and the um, different opportunities that, that these fans and these girls have to meet some of these players um, to get to work with some of these players. It's, it is just, it's an amazing time and it's a great time for young fans to, to grow up knowing that there is an opportunity for them to keep playing. And if they really like a sport, they can even play it professionally. And I think that's, that's a perfect, perfect way to say it, Kyle, because now that we have these growing lead, leagues, excuse me, uh, and these phenomenal athletes, I think that the big part now is these, that these athletes realize that it's, it's, you know, promoting the game for the younger generation as well. Um, and I think that's huge, that they take time out of their, their busy schedules, um, and, and we know that they're not getting paid a lot to do all this stuff um, that, you know, professional athletes are getting paid, excuse me, male professional athletes are getting paid to do while uh, women are just, you know, struggling to, to get there. So, um, I think I think that's huge, and I think it's great that both of these leagues did it the way they did it this year, where it's you know in Pittsburgh it sold out, in in Toronto I believe it was over eight thousand people went out to that game. So so the fans are there, Kyle. Absolutely, and and you know we always hear from the naysayers that nobody wants to watch you know women's sports. Well, <laughs> tell that to the eight thousand fans that were in Toronto. Tell that to the the fans that are in Pittsburgh. You know, both days, you know, to, uh, whether it was Friday, whether it was Saturday, whether it was Sunday, um, you know, you, you can't argue with, with great attendance like that. Absolutely. All right, so let's move. We had the CWHL All-Star Game. We had the NWHL All-Star Game. Now let's move to the future of these leagues, and let's talk about some college hockey. Uh, Kyle, your Merrimack Warriors, they're fighting for a Hockey East tournament position unfortunately it looks like it might be against boston college what do you expect from the warriors coming in this last week and a half do you think they'll clinch that eight seed again i mean we're, we're talking about a very young team um they're they had senior night a couple weeks ago and they had one senior um so you know even if they were to to sneak in there um you know i'm not seeing them upsetting bc by any stretch um, so it would be great to get in there. It'd be a, a first time, uh, for them in only their second year in, in the organization. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's great that they've moved from last year to this year. They've started to move forward and I see them moving forward again next year and then the following year as well. So, 
Um, I, I think it's great, like I said, that they're moving forward. I don't expect them to, to win it all this year, but maybe soon. Absolutely. <laughs> a couple years, we'll, we'll check in with the Warriors and see. But you mentioned it. That it's, a, it's a growing team. It's a team that has some phenomenal wins against some quality opponents this year. I mean, they played BC tough here at Kelly Rink before as well, a 1-0 game. So a team that, as you mentioned, is moving in the right direction. But we have some other teams to talk about, Kyle. And if you've been watching or, or reading the MyW Sports Bracketology, there's been some movement in this in the last week or so. Before it was just, you know, consistent, consistent. Uh, the top teams were winning. But now, as we approach this, this late you know, two-week surge before the end of the regular season, we're going to see some crazy games. And on Friday, we saw Yale versus number seven, Cornell. That was a 2-2 tie. We also saw number six, Boston College, fall to Northeastern. Kyle, this was the first loss for BC at home in 63 games. They hadn't lost a game at Kelly Rink since 2013. And Northeastern comes in after losing the Beanpot and, and, and puts that streak um, – end that streak for the Eagles. Do you see BC as a team that, you know, is vulnerable going into the tournament? Did I lose you there, Kyle? Vulnerable? Yeah. Vulnerable, I would no. Um, I, I just still think that they are um, – they're still one of the best. And, and yes, they, they lost to the Northeastern, but they lost to a very good Northeastern team. So – um, I, I don't think that it's the, I don't think it's, it's any sign that they're slowing down or, or that uh, we should be worried. You know, I think once they get into the playoffs, um, I, I think Katie Burt's going to be just fine. And um, I, I just think that this was a, a game that, you know, unfortunately streaks come to end and we'll talk about another streak later on too. Um, at some point it had to end and, 63 games straight, like you said, since 2013. That's a heck of a streak. And, um, you know, I think that's this just means that they can start a new streak. Absolutely. And so let's move over to a couple of other – a couple of other uh, big big games going on this weekend. You have Minnesota. They defeated North Dakota on <clears throat> excuse me on Friday. Um, and Minnesota is another team that really hasn't. I mean, they had they have quality wins, and you know they're number five in the country for a reason. But any thoughts on maybe Minnesota not looking as dominant as they've been in the past? Uh, no, I think. I think Minnesota, again, the same thing I said with, with Boston College. It's the end of the season here. Every game is tough. Um, you know, they, they're they still one of the best. And once you get to the playoffs, every game is a new game. Every, um, you know, every time they take the ice, they have to put their best effort forward. And, and I think Minnesota, just like I said with BC, I think once they get to the playoffs, they're going to be just fine. Absolutely. So we have some other games. Yesterday was was a bunch of great action. We saw about four or five, or excuse me, three or four uh, top ten matchups. We saw Princeton, number ten, go visit Clarkson. Uh, number nine, Quinnipiac, take on St. Lawrence. Number one versus number two, Minnesota Duluth going to Wisconsin. I know you want to talk about that one, Kyle. Um, so, you know, let's quickly run down Clarkson, be, be uh, Princeton 3-1. to one. That was actually a really close game until later. Uh, St. Lawrence had a 1-0 lead to start. Quinnipiac tied that game to go to overtime. They ended up in a draw. Uh, Minnesota defeated North Carolina, excuse me, North Dakota 6-2. to two. And then in this matchup, a 1-2, Kyle, Wisconsin had a 1-0 lead for most of it. And then with about five minutes left, Duluth ties it. They end up going into overtime. Officially, it's a 1-1 uh, tie, but 
Wisconsin wins in a shootout in 12 rounds, 3-2. to two. So if you're thinking about playoff hockey, that's the possibilities of that matchup. So just tell me a little bit about these two teams, Kyle. Are you, are you still on the Anne Renee Debians? She's going to win a title in her senior year? I, I am. I still think that uh, Wisconsin has uh, proven that they can play a couple of different ways. I mean, in this game, they had 44 shots on goal. So, I mean, they're, they're certainly – putting up offensive um, production, unlike what we saw last year. Last year, we saw them play a lot of defense, and unfortunately, they didn't have the, the same offensive power that, that Minnesota had last year. Um, but this, this seems to be a little bit – it seems to be the, the offense, the forwards, the Sarah Nurses, the Michaela Gardeners are really coming to their own for Wisconsin. And I think that um, – they're, they're just ready to, to take it this year. I, I really like Wisconsin. That being said, obviously, Minnesota Duluth, they're part of this game as well. And I think Minnesota Duluth is going to be one that we have to watch out for as well. And I guess my biggest concern, Kyle, is, you know, looking at last year's bracket, there were a lot of, you know, Minnesota having to play Wisconsin in that, in that semifinal and a BC having to play Clarkson in that other semifinal just because of proximity. You know, I, I, as a fan, it's frustrating, and I can only, you know, feel for WCHA opponents who, you know, have to see Wisconsin and Minnesota play each other for an appearance in the finals instead of in the finals. Do you think we see that change this year? Um... I mean, I think so, but I, I still think that you're going to see great teams playing great teams when you get to the semifinals. And whether you play the best, the other best team in the semifinals, or you play them in the finals, you still have to go. You're still going to most likely have to go through uh, some very difficult teams when you get to the final, especially the the first four. Absolutely. That's a, that's, that's a great point. So a lot of games to look forward to today, but not a lot, but plenty to look forward to today. A couple of uh, 2 p.m. starts. Vermont will be taking on number six Boston College. You can catch that game on bceagles.tv. I'll be calling that one. Uh, ECAC matchups, these are two big ones. Number nine, Quinnipiac versus Clarkson. Number 10, Princeton versus St. Lawrence. Those two start at 3 o'clock. You can just visit those teams' uh, websites. They'll have the free feed on them. Uh, just look for, for today's schedule, and you'll find those videos. And then WCHA at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12.07. Central time, Minnesota Duluth versus Wisconsin. That game is in Madison. Another great one on hand uh, for that. So, um, Kyle, before we wrap up any college hockey, any any teams we're missing here? Any anybody you want to say? Hey, watch out for this one. Well, I I think that I'm just getting really excited because we're at that point now where um, we're getting down to the final uh, couple of, of games that we had into the playoffs here, and these conference tournaments are going to mean a lot. I mean, we saw last year uh, with both Clarkson and Quinnipiac being uh, 1-2 in their, in the ECAC last year. And uh, it was Quinnipiac beat them in the, uh, in the ECAC tournament, but then Clarkson came back to beat them in the, um, in the playoffs. So I think that um, it, it's going to be interesting to see which team kind of pops up through there. Uh, if anybody gets an automatic bid by winning their conference tournament that we don't expect. Um, you know, I look at, as you said, a Vermont or a BU, if, if they were to knock off uh, BC in the, in the conference tournament and get a berth, that could really be a game changer Same with uh, a team like Colgate or, or Quinnipiac who hasn't had the greatest season, but you know what, a, a ride that goaltender in through the playoffs and, and, and you can make it a 
get by winning the ECAC tournament. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point, Kyle. I mean, you think about uh, a team like Yale who's playing spoiler in the mm. last couple of weeks in the ECAC, and, and as you mentioned, even a, a Vermont or a Merrimack, they have great wins against BU uh, and, and I guess again a, a quality game against BC. So these are teams that are unfazed. And we talked about the Perry this year in college hockey. It looks really great. Um, and I guess for me, that that team is going to be Syracuse. I know Robert Morris has been pre- mm. pretty much a top the CHA, but, I, you know, I, there's some about that Syracuse team I saw when they played Boston College. I haven't really been able to see Robert Morris uh, on, online or in person, but uh, that Syracuse team, you know, they're in second place right now in that conference. They lost to Robert Morris in the season series. Um, but when they, when they, if they play each other in that, in that uh, CHA championship, you know, that team gets an automatic bid, and I think Syracuse uh, might want that. They've lost every, every championship game they've been in since joining the CHA. They've lost. So maybe this year they'll turn it around. So I'm, I'm watching for that Syracuse Orange team. And, again, you've got a great goaltender with Syracuse. And if, if you can ride that goaltender, in hockey especially, big things can happen very quickly. So as you can hear, the bagpipes have started playing here at Boston College. You can tell um, that, that we're in, in the atmosphere of, of hockey season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, so we, we talked about streaks. We saw Boston College's streak go down the drain against Northeastern. Let's go over to some basketball. A lot of great NCAA action. I mean, I, I'm, there's so many great teams to talk about. We could talk about Washington and Chantal Osahor and Chelsea Plum. We can talk about, uh, you know, UConn and their streak. Talk about South Carolina, who's going to play UConn, and Asia Wilson. Uh, there's so much to get to, but let's talk about UConn made it 99. They're at 99 and counting, Kyle. They're going for 100 against South Carolina. Is this going to happen? Are we going to see 100 wins in a row by the UConn Huskies? Because Gino doesn't want to see it. Gino said last night in the press conference, I hope we lose. I hope you come to the next game because we might lose. Um, is he kind of trying to use some reverse psychology here? I think so. I, I mean, I obviously he wants to win. Gino wants to win every game. Um, and, and he and his team is going to do everything in their power to win that game. And when you go up against a great team like South Carolina, you have to bring your game. And I know that UConn is going to do that. Um, I mean, we've seen them win their, their American conference games, you know, by 40, 50 points uh, time after time. Again, you're not playing an American conference game right now. You're playing South Carolina, who, as you said, may be the other best team in the NCAAs this year. So, is there is there a team, Kyle, taking UConn out of the picture for a second that you would say is your favorite um, to win the NCAA tournament or and or to pull off an upset against UConn? Well, I'd like to hold my judgment until uh, Monday night at 11 o'clock <laughs> um, because I, I do think that South Carolina has a ton of players back from last year. They got snake bitten in the Sweet 16 last year. They're a team that is, has a great head coach that is just driven as Gino, uh, has learned from Gino with working with Gino at the national level. Um, so I, I think that South Carolina is going to give them the best game we've seen all year. And if that doesn't happen, then I, I'm going to go with, uh, as you mentioned the other day on Twitter, um, you know, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Pac, and we saw the Pac-12 go through the NCAA tournament last year, and we had Washington and Oregon State both there ready to play. And you return Kelsey Plum, you return who's a great rebounder, 
And I think Washington is going to be that, that other team that we need to really keep an eye on. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I do. I really think that from top to bottom, you know, the Pac-12 can be a really uh, a conference that we don't get to see a lot because it is on the West Coast. Um, but I do think that watching them, I, I got to, you know, I stay up a little bit late, Kyle, here on the East Coast, and I get to watch some of these games, and I'm really impressed um, not only with Washington, but other teams like UCLA, uh, a Stanford team that we know has the pedigree to, to pull off an upset. Um, but even, I guess my team to watch is that Florida State team. I think I got to see them in person. I, I like their roster a lot, and I think that they have that, that really close game against UConn to build off of. Um, so I think, I think Florida State is a team out of the ACC to watch out for, and I, I agree with you. I think the Pac-12 is going to have a couple of teams, if not um, the, you know, the champion coming out of the Pac-12. And, and there's no East Coast bias here. It might have been with other uh, broadcasting sites or broadcasting stations. We love the Pac-12. So – you know, Pac-12, go out there, prove us right, and put another two teams in the Final Four, and and uh, good luck the rest of this year. We're rooting for you. Absolutely. So, Kyle, let's move over to the professional league. Um, a lot of a lot of movement in the WNBA free agency. We saw Deladon move to the Mystics. A couple of other players joining her. Um, do you think the Mystics are becoming this new super team? That's what we worried a little bit about last week was, okay, so Deladon's there. You know, what kind of – what do they put around her to to help her? And now we've seen that Toller is going to join her. And, and I think that this is one of those kind of role players slash, um, you know, secondary player that when you put Toller with Deladon, this will certainly become a quote-unquote super team, if you will. And and I see them moving well up in in the standings for next year. Yes. Yeah, I mean that that big that's a big Tolliver signing. And we talked to you. You mentioned it. We talked about it last week and what where they're going to surround her with. Um, and Deldon has the Mystics talking about a championship this year. Do you see them being the favorite going into this year, or is it still the Lynx, or do you see the Sparks defending the championship? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I can call them the favorites yet because I mean where they were. Is a big leap, and I understand that you're picking up a, a former MVP and a great player, as well as Tolliver, who, who's also a great player. But the, the Lynx have have a, a core group that, if if they can stay together or if they can add some pieces, uh, the Lynx I think are still the favorite for me. Um, um, I don't know that there's going to be as much of the uh, redemption tour or the revenge tour that Candace Parker had last year. Um, so I don't know that, that they're going to be the same team that they were. They're still going to be very good. Don't get me wrong. I think that the Sparks are going to be in it at towards the very end, but um, they're not going to be the same team that they were. Absolutely. So I know I know bagpipes are getting a little louder, so we're going to try to wrap up here a little sooner um, than expected. So, Kyle, anything else on your agenda? We have a lot of great things to look forward to this upcoming week. Obviously, that UConn matchup, some great hockey to look forward to. The NWHL and CWHL return next weekend. Final weekend for CWHL action uh, this upcoming weekend. Obviously, some ski, uh, some skiing and some racing. We, I got to see some curling the other day, so a lot of Olympic qualifiers. Anything that's sticking out to you this week? No, I, I, you know, I think uh, we'll have to be able to talk about the NWHL All-Star, All-Star game this 
uh, today. We'll be able to talk about that this this upcoming week. Um, but I think it's just interesting with the WNBA. Uh, any other trades may happen in the next couple of days. Uh, we'll see if if that uh, changes the the outcome of the WNBA season uh, or not. I you know I think that. Um, as we head into WFA action, IWFL action, and now the U.S. football action, uh, we're going to have a lot of, of football talk coming up as well. Yeah, really excited to get some of these uh, see some of these new teams out there uh, and start, you know, interviewing some of these athletes how we did last year, uh, getting some of them to come on MyW Sports and talk about the upcoming season, talk about the season during it. So we have a lot of great football um, coming up for this upcoming year with MyW Sports. So stick with us on social media here on Blog Talk Radio and as well as on MyWSports.com. Um, all right, Kyle, so any big skiing news coming up? Is Schifrin going to, you know, take storylines again? Well, I will say, unfortunately, um, not American, but Laura Gu, who is, uh, if you think about the best downhill racers, the best speed racers, you have to include Gu uh, with Lindsey Vaughn right now. Unfortunately, she had a crash yesterday, and it's going to be season-ending for her, so she's going to be out for the rest of the season. So big blow there, oh, no. but maybe that gives Vaughn another opportunity maybe pick up a couple more golds uh, the rest of the season. Um, as we, you know, kind of finish up, there's still another month or so which is ending this weekend, um, you know, and, and they do come to Aspen at the very end of the season. So it could be a big uh, couple of days there with a slalom for um, Michaela Schifrin and a giant slalom possibly for both, both uh, Schifrin and Vaughn. Uh, do compete usually in the giant slalom. So could be still a, a lot of uh, gold medals left on the table for uh, for the American racers. Absolutely. Opens the door. So we'll see uh, what we have for the Olympic qualifiers coming up in the next couple of months. We'll keep you updated here on MyWSports.com. As always, follow us on social media at MyWSports as we bring you Motivational Monday, Top Player Tuesday, Women in History Wednesday, Throwback Thursday, and Friday Favorites. Again, you can send us tweets using the hashtag TPT nominee for Top Player Tuesday. Send us the best performances. We're always looking for any players we might have missed or teams that have accomplished some great uh, feats in the past week. Again, follow us at my mywsports.com. If you have any ideas, shoot us an email or a DM. And again, visit us on mywsports.com. Make a donation at gofundme.com forward slash mywsports. That will do it for myself, Luis Sanchez, and our pleasureful guest and Kyle Westcott and Erica Ayala for joining me here on Sports Sunday. We'll catch you next Sunday at noon here on MyW Sports Radio. Go Team Kessel. <laughs>